I'm Dean Murdoch, and this is Amazing Places. Welcome to another episode of Amazing Places. Today, we are going to check in with a couple of folks who support businesses in Greater Victoria. As you know, uh, we've entered that third wave and uh, the province introduced a number of restrictions on local businesses, making it even more challenging for folks to keep their doors open and for customers to get access to the, the goods and services that they love. So today is an opportunity for us to talk about supporting local. I'm going to check in with some folks who uh, we spoke to back in the fall, Katrina Doolit with Squamalt Farmers Market, and we're going to talk to Jeff Bray, Executive Director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association, all about supporting local during these very challenging times. Today, I have a returning guest that I'm delighted to be speaking with, and that is Katrina Doolit. She is the founder and executive director of the Esquimalt Farmers Market. Hello, Katrina. Hi, Dean. Thanks so much for coming back to chat. It is my pleasure. I really appreciate you doing this piece on the market. Well, of course, uh, I, it really stood out to me that uh, this was a significant event that we're having uh, an opportunity that seems kind of like the before times, but obviously under different circumstances. And I thought uh, after we chatted back in the fall about uh, the Market Collective, this seemed like a natural follow up. So wanted to reach out to you and understand what's going on. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Yeah, so uh, April 1st, so last Thursday, we started our first market of the 2021 season. Um, this year, we are at 38 markets. As of April 1st, we are running straight through till December 23rd, every Thursday. Um, until September 16th, we are 4.30 to 7.30, and then we switch to fall hours, which will be 4 till 6.30 p.m. Um, we are having an interesting season yet again um, due to COVID because of the fact that physical distancing is still a requirement. And the field that we were allowed to use last year, Bullen Field, is a designated sport field with a historical sport booking, so therefore we don't have access to it. Yet currently we are on that field because the rec center has been amazing and um, they allowed us to use the field for all of April. So April 1st to April 29th, that's five markets. We are on Bullen Field for sure. We're hoping to be able to stay on a little bit longer or possibly a lot longer, but we have to wait to see if adult sport actually goes back in. Um, and so pay attention through our website and our social media as we may change locations up to four times this year. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a lot of uh, potential moving around. Uh, how do people find out that information? What's your website? Uh, www.esquimaltmarket.com. And uh, we will be updating our website as a whole. Um, our old website is very dated and um, has some misinformation on it um, because we are in the process of flipping it over. Um, more currently, we stay up to date on Facebook or Instagram and we're at Esquimalt Market. So you can find all the information there or send us an email manager at esquimaltmarket.com and we can reply back to any of your questions. So while well, people can find you at Bullen Field, mm -hmm. um, what is the protocol? What does it look like if you wanted to show up and do some shopping? 
Yeah, so we are considered a grocery store at this time. So that's why we're allowed to operate. Um, the Friday in spring break, just Friday 3 p.m. Uh, was announced that non-food vendors are allowed back at markets which was really awesome. Um, in the same provincial health order update, they also mandated two meter spacing in between tents, which made it super fun because now we have to acquire more space and fit in more people, which is why we are gracious, graciously accepting the being on Bullen Field again. Um, so right now we do ask that you just come from one, one person from your family as you would in the grocery store. Absolutely, if you have to come with your whole family because that's how it works right now, do so but it is a shop don't stop um, mentality we're trying to push forward uh, coined through our association the BC Association of Farmers Markets um, just meaning that we cannot look like an event we are not an event we are a grocery store um, also to be known is that Esquimalt Farmers Market has always been a pet free market but being on Bolin Field that field is a pet free field above us so please understand, don't bring your pets. Pretend we're a grocery store and you wouldn't bring your dog in there. <laughs> I think most people could probably respect that and understand that there's some limitations. Uh, yeah, when you when you go to, to visit these places. So uh, obviously there's a lot more space because now the, the tents have been spaced out. So there's mm -hmm. an opportunity to, to navigate through the space without a lot of concern that you're going to be bumping into folks. Is there a limitation on how many people can be in the market at one time? Um, there is. Uh, just like any big store, any store period, um, there needs to be five square meters of spacing between humans at all time um, or available to humans at all time. We can't really control where people step once they're in the space. Um, being on Bullen Field, that field could safely accommodate 1500 people standing on the space at the same time, which we don't run into at the market because people are um, generally just coming and doing their groceries and they're there for 20 to 40 minutes. Um, so we do see about 1500 people throughout the market, but that's over three hours. Um, yeah, there's more than enough space to keep spaces. And we've, uh, we've set it up so that there's a preview zone, which is a 10 foot gap between the, the tents of the vendors as well as the lineups. So if you're not sure you want to jump in a lineup and you want to kind of peruse, uh, you can use that preview zone and, and then jump in the line, which we've set up some pylons so that it, it shows spacing. And then we just hope that if the line goes longer, we're all used to this two meter spacing at this point in time, you will then take your place two meters away. Um, the preview zone, we do ask that you always travel in a clockwise direction so that we're keeping the flow of traffic in one direction. Um, but yeah. And so what might people expect to find when they're uh, showing up at the market? You mentioned there's food and non-food goods available. So what, what would they be looking for? Correct. So um, we are a dinner market. And historically, that's always been a big part of us is to have the food trucks. Right now, due to a limitation in space and uh, where we're allowed to be because there is a vaccination clinic happening at Archie Browning, which is taking up the majority of the parking lot that is adjacent to us. Um, we do have one food truck or two on Lyle Street, and then we have one or two food trucks over in the Esquimalt Rec Center parking lot by the Splash Park. Um, so you can find those and get your dinner and hopefully that's at the end of your shop and then you're taking it home with you. Um, we have several farmers that started the season with us last week and will be there all the way through the end and we'll have a bunch more farmers joining us as the weeks and months go on. 
um, hitting our peak at end of June or beginning of July. Uh, we have cheese, we have meats, we have crackers, we have hummus, we have all of the foods that you can possibly imagine and more people asking to join all the time, which is fantastic. <clears throat> and then with the non-food vendors, we have jewelry, we have someone that had wooden spoons that they hand carved yesterday for the first time. Um, we have so many different types of things, candles, whatever you can expect to find at a farmer's market, we do have a little bit of that. Our non-food vendors are typically not attending full-time, they're coming here and there. So um, our website has a link to LocoBuzz, which is a website that was created by an Esquimalt local to help us uh, process our applications and then give a view of who will be on the map each week. Um, and due to the nature of the times, that might change right away. Someone has an exposure at work, they're not coming to market. Um, somebody, whatever the thing is, um, so that we, we recommend checking, you know, at 2 p.m. day of because that will potentially change. So nice to be able to give people a, a flavor of what they might expect under normal circumstances. I think uh, given all of the, the limitations in respecting the public health guidance, it sure sounds like this is as close to normal as people could get uh, right now. So delightful that you're able to provide that experience for, for the folks who are would love to be taking advantage of, the, of these markets, these open air markets. So what is this like for the vendors? What kind of response are you getting from the folks who are there to, to sell their goods? Yeah, la uh, last week, April 1st, the first market of the season, we had so many people sell out of things, which was so wonderful to see. And they were really proud. A lot of people said, you know, they planned too little. Um, other people just didn't know what to expect, but there was many, many sellouts. Uh, this week, again, a lot of sellouts, but definitely that first market of the season, there's all this excitement and energy and, um, and then people buy a ton and they have to go through that. So it might not take, they might be back in two or three weeks to restock those jams or creams or whatever the thing is. Um, fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, you want to get those weekly. <laughs> um, we already have somebody with cucumbers and tomatoes because they have a heated hothouse. So that's a big draw, but they do sell out of those. So you want to, you want to get there early to get those. You, uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, the market collective, the shop at the Bay Center that we talked about back in the fall is still open and that you've got some good news about it continuing to be open. Yeah, so we were slated just to be a pop-up when we started in October of 2020. And um, it was such a successful Christmas market season that the vendors and the shoppers really asked us to stay on. Um, and we took that to heart and we signed a lease till June initially. And um, we have felt the response still be very strong, although super slow at this time of year with no shopping holiday and no broad tourism. Um, so we've now signed a lease longer uh, till January 2022 hopefully longer than that um and yeah so that's that's really exciting where we have 95 different handmade artists in store and over 80 of them are from within 100 kilometers so hyper local but everything is canadian handmade wonderful and so people will continue to be able to to stop by uh thinking about things like mother's day uh, that's not too far off, that this would be a great opportunity to, to do a little bit of shopping in a safe environment? 
Yeah, absolutely. We um, Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation are kind of our focus for gifting at this time, but we do still have uh, staples like jams that you will also find at the Esquimalt Farmer's Market from Old Soul Jam Company. We have pasta, we have stuff like that that you might want for yourself on a, on a regular basis. But um, we, those Mother's Day gifts, we have tons of different jewelers, I think about 10 now, and we will be adding a couple more shortly. Um, we have lots of really cool products for Father's Day, uh, graduation, we have a couple vendors that are focusing on that. If you follow, follow on our Instagram, it's at Victoria Market Collective, we try to do lots of posts with what's in store. We do realize that people are not super comfortable still coming into malls or closed environments. Um, so we're trying to be really accommodating to those people and booking virtual shops and then we can get that delivered to you. <clears throat> whether you be local or from we've had we've shipped to Washington DC. Oh wow. Wow, that it's great that somebody's supporting local shops in Victoria even if they are not anywhere near Victoria. Um, uh, if you wanted to do a virtual shop, how do you do that? If you can send us an email, uh, uh, we are market collective by she s h i at gmail.com. Our email address will be being updated shortly because as we were a pop-up, we were under the She Studio name, but now we are our own entity, Market Collective. We have the legal name, um, but we're going by Victoria Market Collective only because there's one in Calgary, so not to confuse. Um, so Market Collective by She at gmail.com. Send us an email and we will happily book you out a virtual shop at the beginning or end of our day so there's no other shoppers in the store. And we'll spend 30 to 60 minutes so walking you around and, and picking things up for you. That's really cool. And uh, how does it get to folks once they've done the virtual shop? Um, yeah, depending on where you are. The DVBA had a wonderful program going for the last uh, three months where they had free shipping anywhere in the CRD. Nomadex, Spike Courier, as well as uh, Maximum Express and uh, Gia Zone were able to deliver anywhere in the CRD for no extra charge. That was fantastic. Um, that program has now ended, but we would happily use any of those couriers again to deliver things in the CRD. And you're looking at something like between 750 charge for delivery up to $25. Um, so that might be worthwhile if you're coming in from Souk or you just hate finding downtown parking or whatever the thing might possibly be. Um, a note on parking though is that the, the Bay Center has been incredible in offering three-hour free parking on the weekends in their underground parkade. Uh, so, and there's always parking down there. It's not an issue, um, as well as the last hour, because we're open from 10 till 6 p.m. Uh, weekdays and Saturday. And I think the last hour of all of those days, Monday through Saturday, is free. So, free parking, yay. Yes. <laughs> when there's so much discussion about parking in Victoria, it's, I guess, for those who want to drive, it's a great benefit to be able to get free parking. <laughs> Is there anything else you want folks to know about either the farmer's market or the market collective? I would just like to stress um, how important it is to continue to shop locally. I know that uh, it does have a higher price point for the most part, and that's because it's ethically made and someone was paid a living wage to make it. Um, not everyone can afford 
to do so. Um, but, you know, maybe if you can just switch a certain item out of your grocery cart that you were buying, um, that would have been from a regular grocery store from who knows where, um, to buying local, you are, you are supporting someone in your community and through that support you know they are supporting other people in their community so yeah and plus the nutritional value of food goes up significantly when it's not been sitting on a shelf for however long um so yeah i just i really want to stress shopping local and how you can make small changes to be considerate of your purchasing and i think that people are are doing that but I, I want that to not be a trend that disappears because it did really hit a high alert with the bare grocery store shelves a year ago um, and people were being more mindful but I, as we slip back into our ways let's always keep that at the forefront so important and uh, certainly a great opportunity to get fresh, healthy, local food options and to support local vendors who are earning a living wage in a city that is quite expensive. So, so delighted, Katrina, that this is uh, an opportunity you're providing for, for those vendors and for those shoppers who are keen to support those local vendors. Thank you for creating this space or these spaces for them to be able to, to sell and buy. Thank you, friend. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, talk about it. Thank you. <laughs> Katrina Doolett is the founder and executive director of the Esquimalt Farmers Market. Thanks so much for joining, Katrina. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much, Dean. I'm talking to Jeff Bray, executive director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. Jeff, we're back talking about supporting local. It's always important to talk about it, but uh, even more so now with uh, recent restrictions coming in, which the province is calling the circuit breaker. Uh, wanted to check in with you because I know you've got lots going on uh, looking out for those uh, downtown Victoria businesses. One of the big ones, of course, is Downtown Delivers, which is something that uh, came along since we last spoke in the fall. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Downtown Delivers? Sure. So um, great to be back on, Dean. Thanks for having me. Um, Back in, in uh, late November, early December, when the province brought in some additional restrictions, um, you know, there was concern that uh, people would stay away from downtown, stay away from retail, uh, food and beverage establishments at a time that we were going into the busy holiday, you know, shopping season. So we developed the program very quickly uh, called Downtown Delivers. And what we did is we partnered with three local courier companies um, to provide free delivery from any of our downtown businesses to anywhere in the capital region, uh, and we would cover the delivery charge. The following week, we were able to partner with a local food delivery app, Tutti, T-U-T-T-I, to provide a similar service for downtown restaurants. And as many of your listeners will know, uh, food delivery apps charge both the delivery charge to the customer uh, but they also charge a commission to uh, the restaurant. So uh, we developed the program that we would cover the delivery charge for the customer to encourage them to support downtown. And we would cover 100% uh, of the commission to the restaurant so the restaurant could keep 100% of the sale. Uh, to date, we've spent about $130,000 covering those costs, which is you know, really significant 
for those businesses. Um, the program was set to uh, end March 31st. However, when Dr. Henry brought in the restriction, new restrictions for in dining for restaurants, we extended the food delivery portion uh, through at this point anyways till April 19th. So uh, what uh, the public can do is they can download the 2D app, again, T-U-T-T-I, uh, and right on the app, you will see the downtown restaurants that are participating and you can support local uh, and we will cover the cost of the delivery charge to you, the consumer, and the commission to the restaurant. So does this just apply for uh, apply to pubs, uh, restaurants, and eateries? That's correct. Those that have been impacted by this uh, uh, new set of restrictions. Uh, so we extended it um, and you know, Tootie's been a fantastic partner. Uh, and we know uh, for our restaurants, uh, this is an important uh, aspect of them being able to keep their doors open is at least the, the delivery and the takeout covers operating expenses, keeps people working um, and helps them be in position that when the restrictions are lifted, they can go back to full service. So really, really critical. Um, you know, there's, there's been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of service jobs lost last week uh, without notice. Uh, you know, I, uh, you and I were talking off air, John's place, a, a local favorite. Um, you know, on Monday, John had his food delivery come in um, and then the restrictions were announced at one o'clock and uh, Tuesday he was throwing up most of that food and laid off 18 people. Uh, and we saw that throughout the hospitality sector. So very, very difficult times. So any way we can support those businesses uh, means that their employees can get back to work or stay working or at least get some shifts uh, until we get back to full opening. Really important. Those are our friends, our neighbors. Um, and uh, Greater Victorians, Dean, have been phenomenal over the last year. Uh, and, you know, this is just one opportunity to, to help keep that going until we get to full recovery. So you can still get access to the, the food and beverage that you love, uh, even if you're not able to dine in, you can eat it at home. And hopefully there are still some folks who are out there who can uh, pick it up themselves. But if that uh, isn't an option for you, Downtown Delivers means you can still enjoy the food that you love from your favorite local spot. Absolutely. And, and just, you know, and also because we're using local, you know, local 2D, which is a local company, uh, they, their drivers are local drivers. They're a local tech company. Uh, so we're also supporting them as a local company to allow uh, locals to support local businesses. So it really is keeping those uh, dollars circulating within our community um, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, because those drivers need, you know, some of those drivers were people who worked in the hotel sector. So this is, this is the, the employment they've been able to pick up. So it really does help a lot of people to make it through the next uh, few months. You were talking about uh, the province introducing the circuit breaker uh, recovery funds and how that's uh, throwing a lifeline to some of these establishments that had to close on very little notice. Well, not close, but had to dramatically scale down their, their business on very short notice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what is available for folks? Sure. So yesterday, the provincial government announced this circuit breaker recovery grant. Um, you know, the province recognized this sort of a very quick decision caught a lot of restaurants and pubs, uh, um, coffee shops, uh, you know, uh, off guard, uh, and they incurred a whole bunch of costs that they're never going to recover as a result. 
So, uh, you know, in my, my hats off to the provincial government, they developed this program in a week and, and will uh, launch the applications next week. So for uh, gyms, uh, restaurants, coffee shops, pubs, those businesses that were impacted by the special order last week from Dr. Henry, they can claim up to $10,000 to cover uh, various costs associated with the lockdowns there. It could include uh, keeping staff employed, covering the cost of perishables, um, rent. Um, so, you know, it really is something that for a business that um, is, you know, struggling at best of times, knowing that they're, they're going to qualify for at least some cash uh, will help them when we get to where they can reopen and, and rehire staff or again, keep some staff employed. You know, most small businesses, medium-sized businesses, their number one concern through this entire year has been their employees. Uh, you know, John at John's place, I mean, some of his employees have been with him for 27 years. So, you know, anything that they can do to help their employees uh, is really important. This particular program uh, will do that. Um, the certainty that some funds will come in in the short term will really help those small businesses. So certainly, you know, if there's any restaurant owner, gym owner, uh, yoga studio, any that have been impacted. Um, if they go to the Government of BC website, they will see the Circuit Breaker Recovery Grant uh, applications uh, will start to be received next Monday uh, and encourage any of those businesses to, to explore that. Um, it's, uh, it's something that will be very helpful, I think. You mentioned that there are a, a bunch of things, as usual, that the DVBA is helping to administer and manage uh, to support these local businesses. What, what are some of the other initiatives that are underway that uh, offer a hand to, to those businesses that are probably struggling right now? Sure. Uh, well, uh, as some of your listeners may recall, back in uh, sort of January, there was a spate of vandalism, broken windows, um, just sort of sens senseless things that were happening on top of breaking enters into businesses. Uh, and at a time when businesses were heading into the slowest quarter of the year, even in a normal year. So um, the mayor of Victoria and I were sort of texting back and forth and, and she said, well, look, I'm gonna just bring a motion forward to see if we can develop a fund to, to you know, maybe help these businesses and, and would the DVBA you know, partner and actually deliver the program? And, and we said, absolutely. So uh, we announced uh, last week that uh, we have $60,000 in partnership with the city uh, to provide uh, a grant of up to $1,000 to any business in Victoria, not just downtown, we're actually managing this citywide that was impacted uh, since January by you know, vandalism uh, or you know, break and enters where they have to get the, the lock replaced um, to just recognize that those are hard costs. Uh, you know, if you sell, um, you know, chocolates and someone smashes the front window and the, the deductible for your insurance is a thousand dollars, you have to sell an awful lot of chocolate during the middle of a global pandemic in order just to replace, recoup that thousand dollars. So, you know, this is uh, something again, will just help those businesses with these unfortunate circumstances, but but meaningful again in that that's a big chunk of change during a slow quarter. Uh, you know, really grateful that you know council passed that unanimously again in recognition of the challenges that uh, all businesses are facing, but particularly those in urban cores where um, you know we don't have the same residential neighborhoods, although we do have people live downtown, and the, and the lack of office workers. So 
you know, something again, we're administering, we've, we've already processed several claims. Uh, if any of your listeners uh, have businesses in Victoria that have been impacted, uh, they can go onto our website at downtownvictoria.ca or email us at info at downtownvictoria.ca and happy to provide the information. What are some of the responses that you're getting from the businesses that, that you support and that you reach out to? How, what are they telling you about the, the times that we're living in? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of them have just been living under tremendous stress, as have their employees. Um, you know, although the provincial government, uh, the health officer and the WorkSafe BC set the guidelines for how businesses have to operate, it's the frontline staff who have to actually enforce those, whether it's masks, whether it's physical distancing, can't move from table to table, those things. So, you know, there's just been a lot of fatigue around COVID and a lot of stress on business owners trying to make payroll, pay their suppliers and, and on frontline staff who, you know, are, are also just trying to pay their rent and having all these additional things. I think what was interesting um, and a bit surprising was when the announcement happened last Monday, uh, there was a level of frustration from businesses that, that we hadn't heard from before. Um, who sort of felt like, oh, you know, oh my goodness, now, you know, here we go again. Um, but questioning, and just questioning, not, not criticizing, but questioning, you know, the number of cases province-wide uh, and then the number of cases on Vancouver Island, where I think last Monday, you know, when they made the announcement and they had the weekend numbers, Vancouver Island, you know, was 6% of the overall provincial cases. So some frustration that it's a one-size-fits-all approach when the perception is that a significant portion of the concern is, is in the Lower Mainland and the Fraser Valley. So, so that's something new. Um, and certainly, you know, the DVBA is encouraging the provincial government to at least consider uh, looking at regional approaches um, just in recognition of this, you know, obviously, you know, provincial health, uh, public health is the number one consideration. But we are saying that if we continue to be six, five, seven percent of overall uh, cases, do we need to have the same response being that we're in an island that other uh, dense urban areas need to have? So, um, you know, we're all looking for April 19th. We're all hoping that we see a uh, um, you know, some change in these restrictions because we're seeing a, a reduction in numbers. You know, the other thing that we are hearing from our members is, um, especially since we are a sort of a tourism destination, is what's the plan for reopening? What's the, what's the, when are we going to allow different things? What are the targets? Is it case numbers? Is it percentage of population vaccinated? How do we plan for when we can we can get back to more normal and and a desire for the province to be able to articulate as we've seen in other jurisdictions in North America, kind of what the targets are, what the timelines are, so that businesses can start to plan on how to uh, hire back, get inventory, and and with some certainty that they'll be able to operate. These are stressful times indeed, and I think we are all looking for some some reassurance that uh, there's uh, good news on the horizon. And as you said, it would be helpful to understand 
just what are the markers? How do we know when we're getting to a place where we can start to get back to normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, on, on the flip side, uh, I, I think when you look at, you know, say the lower mainland in the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, other, other places, you know, Greater Victorians have really been, you know, very patient with this, very compliant with it, uh, and have been, as I said at the beginning, you know, really, really great at purposefully supporting local. Um, and, and, you know, I, w- I want listeners to know that when you do that extra, you know, takeout meal or delivery meal, uh, that's, that's not a small thing. That's actually why businesses are still open. Uh, I've talked to business owners who, didn't ever do takeout before, but did so in part uh, because of the needs uh, and have four kitchen staff and said, you know, our, our fried chicken dinner that's really popular pays for two of my four kitchen staff. So, you know, they'd only sell a handful a day, but it's enough to keep people employed. So I really encourage people to continue to be uh, as supportive as they have. Uh, and we will, you know, get our friends, our neighbors, Uh, through this. uh, And I think we'll be more resilient as a result. Jeff Bray is the executive director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. Jeff, uh, as always, doing so much, your organization has been such a tremendous help to those businesses who are really going through a very difficult time and supporting them to keep their doors open to the extent that they're able and to keep their their staff employed so that people are not out of a job and making things even more challenging through these very difficult times. Well, uh, you know, it's my pleasure. I mean, we have a tremendous team and a tremendous board here at the DVBA, you know, I, and I'm just, you know, so privileged to be, you know, part of this great team. And, and really, you know, I continue to be, you know, humbled by, you know, our small and medium-sized business operators and the concern they have for the community, for the unhoused, for their employees, even as they themselves aren't taking draws because they don't have the income. Uh, you know, really, there is only one community. There isn't a business community and the rest of the community. It's really one community. Uh, and if we continue to do what we're doing, we will get through this and uh, we're all doing our part. So um, I, I thank Greater Victorians for their support. Uh, and I thank uh, our staff here at the DBBA and our board for rolling up their sleeves and, and just figuring out everything we can do to help. This has been another episode of Amazing Places. I'm Dean Murdoch. Thanks for listening. <laughs>